Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we will be talking with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is the world-renowned Clifford Henderson. Hi, Clifford. Hi, I like being world-renowned. Oh, you are. Yeah. (laughs) So how are you? I am very well on this day. Oh, yes. Oh, glad to hear that. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. It is absolutely my pleasure. Yes. So, Clifford. Yes. How long have you been writing novels? And do you go by Clifford or do you go by another name? Or, Well, I go by Clifford. Some people call me Cliffy. Some people call me Cliff. Uh, less people these days, Cliff. That was another incarnation. I'm named after my grandmother. She was Cliffy, so my family is often Cliffy. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so you can call me any of those, and I will respond. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's talk about your books. Um, how long have you been writing? Well. Uh, novels for uh I would say 11 years I got my well I first I got my first novel published when I was 50 and I'm 61 now uh before that I was writing uh plays I I've always written you know I, I because my first career is really theater so I wrote for theater you know and um wrote a lot of I wrote sketch comedy for a while we had in town we had a um a uh, lesbian improv group called Sappho's Laffos, and I wrote for them for a while. And, and uh, so, you know, but really fiction, I would say, I started when I was probably 49 by 50. I had the book published, or maybe it was 48 or something like that. I had the book published at 50, so about that, yeah. So um, what, I guess, caused you to make that transition from sketch comedy and, and more of... Um, theatrical writing to Les Fick? Well, that's a good question. I think, um, I think there were a couple of things that happened. One, I, um, I started thinking, I took a writing group just to do it. I was curious and I wasn't getting enough writing. And I started, I mean, like when you're writing for theater, you're, it's really dialogue. It's all dialogue. It's Mm -hmm. all dialogue. And I started thinking, wow, you know, the control addict in me started going, man, when you're writing fiction, you're in control of everything. You can set the weather, you know, you 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 don't have. So that was super fun. I saw a group up in um, out of San Francisco called Word for Word that were performing pieces that were uh, like literary gems that they theatricalized and they did it using using all the language saying she said he said walked into a room you know and they theatric and I thought wow that's I think that started opening my mind a little to the power of being able to describe things I think that was really it I wanted oh and then I wrote a Dixie my wife uh, and I did a two-woman show and I wrote a piece where I included descriptions after seeing that theatrical group I included descriptions that the characters actually spoke and I got real excited about what I could do so it was sort of that transition I guess that did it That's yeah great so yeah. so Dixie your wife is she has she been on this journey with you 
Well, she's on the theatrical journey. She and I run the Fun Institute together, which is our improv school. So, uh, and we we met in a lesbian musical written by Carolyn Gage uh, oh. six years ago. We were both cast in this lesbian musical about a softball team. So, uh, <laughs> so that's yeah. So she she hasn't been on the fiction writing thing with me, except that she's my first listener. I mean, I I run everything by her first always. Oh, that's yeah. nice. So she's like your beta reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll say things like, wait, you had her sitting down. How did she get over there? You know, and stuff. You that's know, but, great. Yeah, she's she's good. That's a yeah. nice eye to have. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, she's a she's a good, good listener for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so tell us more about the Fun Institute. What's that all about? Oh gosh, that's mm, that's our business and has been for gosh almost as long as we've been together. It's a it's an improv school for adults, and uh, it has had been many incarnations. Right now, we're liking to call ourselves semi-retired, which means we've cut back a lot. We used to teach many more classes than we do now, um, but we still teach here in Santa Cruz, California, and it's uh, it's amazing the popularity. Our classes has just boomed in the past few years. Um, maybe it's because of the election. I don't know, but people need to laugh. And so our classes have become very popular. Um, and it's a place where people come and they, uh, we teach them the skills of improv. And uh, it's super fun. And we just basically have, like, it's like this sandbox for adults. We just come and we play and and have a good time. Yeah. So I, I perform improv too, which is another form. I mean, it's another form of writing in a way because when we perform, because we also uh, produce here, and when we perform, we often improvise a whole play. So then you're still writing, but you're on stage and you're writing with other people in a way, if that makes sense. You're like writing a play as you're playing it and living it. So yeah. I kind yeah. of just have... <laughs> done this my whole I just live in the land of make-believe pretty much except when it comes to paying my bills and stuff <laughs> oh darn <laughs> yeah I know I know so it sounds like you're really like um I'll say enmeshed in in the writing world in the creative world yes that is my whole thing pretty much always has been I have never been a very practical person in terms of uh getting that real job and growing up, I have cobbled together. I mean, Dixie and I laugh. I feel like I've been in the gigging economy before anybody even knew what it was. It's like, as the, I think most artists have in one way or another, you know, you're just constantly jumping from, you know, you're getting this directing acting gig, you're getting a quick writing gig, you're getting this and you're just bopping around. And I continue to do that. So it keeps you on your toes. It does. It does. It's good. I got, I got no, I taught, I was actually a high school drama teacher for seven years. You know, I've done a lot of different little, I think of them as my gigs. Yeah. Yeah. But, but all in the same field. Yep. Wow. Definitely. That yeah. is awesome. That's what, and, and it keeps you fresh too. Like if you move from gig to gig, right. You don't get oh, stale. Um, and for sure. Yeah. I'm constantly interested. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And work doesn't just become just old to you either. No, no, not at all. Because with writing and with improv, you you don't really have 
control over it in a way. And, and you're always learning. You never are like, oh, I finally got it. You know, I know how to write now. You know, I, I would think that would be a bad place to come from as a writer. I think the same with an improviser to just be like, yeah, I'm good. And the second you think that, you're kind of preparing yourself for <laughs> a big letdown. <laughs> right, I think so. <laughs> So, uh -huh. so Clifford, um, how many books do you have published to date? Five. Five? Five. Yes. Okay. And um, you started, did you say 11 years ago? Yeah, that, yeah, my first book was published 11 years ago. So, and what yeah. was that? The first book published was The Middle of Somewhere. It wasn't the first book written, but it was the first book published um, with Bold Strokes books. And uh, that actually, in some ways, came directly out of Dixie's and My Two Woman show because we actually did a little uh, sketch of Piggin and Heifer, or who were two of the main characters in the middle of somewhere. So we played them, and, and I fell in love with the two of them. And so um, that's that was the first one published, yeah. What was the first one that you wrote then? That was Spanking New. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that wasn't published right away. No, I was going to try and get a more traditional publisher. That that one had a crazy publishing journey. Um, before I wound up going with Bold Strokes Book finally. It it had other people who were interested in it and kept because of the nature of that book, of it being so much about gender, which of course now everybody's talking about. But 10 years ago, we were in a different place. Absolutely. And people, the publishers, especially mainstream publishers, they were interested, but they were a little nervous about it and wanted me to rewrite this and rewrite that. And I kept trying to make them happy. And then I finally thought, you know, this it's not making me happy right now. So um, I came up with a manuscript I felt good with after all that and approached Bold Strokes Books. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So. So, so let's talk about Spanking New for a minute. Um, okay. It really has a unique premise, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, um, and do you want to tell our listeners ab about the book and, and you know, well, the storyline? and? What yeah. Uh, it's told from the perspective of somebody who hasn't been born yet, who is looking down um, at the planet and uh, thinking about what it's going to be like to be born. And the, the narrator, Spanky, uh, is when, when conception finally happens, Spanky is under the impression that she's going to be a boy, and then she winds up getting a girl's body, and she's like, wait, what? And so the rest of the book is kind of looking at the earth going, how, how is this going to work? What, you know, what are all the gender rules I need to know? And how am I going to fit in? And, you know, all of that. Originally, I had written it that it was uh, an intersex character. Um, but again, that in, in many of the many rewrites got shifted. Because um, again, that seemed to be making people uncomfortable, which is too bad. In some ways, that would have been an, that's an interesting book in itself. Yeah. But it, but it just came out of my whole thing about how arbitrary so many of our gender things are that we say, you know, girls do this and boys do that. One thing I didn't think about when I was trying to get it published is uh, one agent I was working with said, you know, this could become the uh, pro-life thing. I'm like, no. So I had to write a whole little caveat within the book that because I am uh, very pro-choice. So, you know, I'm not... I wasn't trying to write this thing of, oh, yes, there's really life before 
you know, before at conception. Oh, and all. I could see where <laughs> someone would think that that was yeah. your angle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did not at all. So I wrote a whole thing about what it means to be a chosen child as a, you know, and yeah. all that stuff. I did a little in there because I, I was like, oh, my God, I, I if I ever became the pro-life, you know, spokesperson, that would be a nightmare for me. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but it, it was a fun. So and the novel basically ends. I don't I don't think this is really a um, spoiler, but the novel ends with Spanky's birth really is what happens. So and entering the world. And I think that whole book really came because I feel like. I can't, I mean, in my, I have no idea really how I was inside my mom's uterus, but I feel like I came onto the planet kicking and screaming, just going, what, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so I I relate to that very deeply. So I think it was kind of me dealing with that, you know, that's awesome. It's a, it's so unique in that, like, I I don't think I've ever heard of another book or read another book, um, that, um, you know the the narrator is not yet born um, right right yeah and mm. um they're looking at their parents lives um and and i just love their parents and i love um their parents friends um you know yeah. it's just a it's just a great lead in and it's just a it's a fun book yes well i yeah i feel like in some ways that may be the funniest book that I've written just that there was a lot of humor in it to me. Just when you start thinking about that perspective of what it's like to look at the earth yeah. from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, um, you know, uh, 10 years ago, there, you're right. There wasn't a lot of discussion about, um, gender oh. neutral, um, no. at that uh-huh. time, maybe we were just starting to, or, you know, we were on the, the, brink of it but we weren't there yet and and so I really do think that you know you were you were ahead of your time with this book definitely uh, damn it no <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah and I think you know a lot of schools like uh, colleges at that time were starting like uh, gender studies or LGBT studies right. and um you know I think that that book really um would be a fun book uh to you know to uh i don't know i want to say mandate but you know like required reading for that kind of uh course well thank you yeah well i think it would be a fun way to at least get the topics going and getting people talking about it where you're not just slogging through reports and stuff and essays no it would get a lot of conversations going that's for sure (laughs) absolutely absolutely and and in a fun way and you know who's not up for fun yeah, exactly. Maybe exactly. some stodgy professor, but you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't care about them. No. <laughs> so, um, so what other books? That's that. Those are two. Uh, what are your okay. other three? Then I wrote May's Request, which uh, very happily won a Golden Crown. So that was that was a story about. Um, that was really a family story about. Uh, young woman uh, being called home and her family, she had kind of a unique parental structure in that her, her mom and her dad, her mother had, had had her with her dad, but then wound up falling in love with her, with her dad's sister. So there was like this love triangle between the aunt, her aunt and her father and her mother. Oh wow! And 
yeah, so that was lots of drama and her and, and her mother having a health crisis and her being drawn into it. And it was the first time that the three parents had been in a room really together and kind of what all unfolds there. So, Oh, that sounds like a great one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Congrats yeah. on the Goldie, too. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I've been lucky with awards. Spanking New won an Independent Press Award. Middle of Somewhere won a Forward Magazine Award. I've been, I, the awards have been a nice, nice little thing to have. My next book was um, Rest Home Runaways, <laughs> which was about, um, it, it's kind of what I think of as a triptych. It's following, um, Three different stories. The story of uh, an old man who is, he escapes a rest home. He's following the ghost of his wife who's encouraging him to do that. And three old women that go after him trying to save him. They steal the, the van of the, of the village where they're living. And then um, the daughter who is a lesbian who is also going, it's like a car chase. They're all chasing after each other and and uh, so that's a that's a that's a romp. That's the one that should be a movie, I think. Yeah, it sounds it. Super fun. So that's Rest Home Runaways. And just last year, I had Perfect Little Worlds published, which is takes place in Santa Cruz during the Loma Prieta earthquake, which I lived through. So I had a lot of um, specifics there. And that's about uh, a woman coming home to, again, deal with her mother. I mean, it's, I like family issues, though. That seems so real to me. It's a big part of my life, I guess. And coming home to deal with her mother who has Alzheimer's and her sister who um, is on the spectrum of Asperger's and and watching, again, the family dynamics unfold while an earthquake happens and the stress that that puts the family under. And, you know, wow. so, yeah. That's so that's, yeah, there's a whole section where they're caught underground and it's, oh, it's drama filled for sure. So that doesn't sound like it has that comical spin on it. Well, I always have a little bit. Okay. I, yeah, I always have a little bit. Um, it's partly, that one won a gold, golden crown too, actually. So that was very hey, nice. Hey, see, you I are world-renowned. Yeah. Um, that one, it does have a little bit of a comical spin because the sister who's on the spectrum is just, she's, oh, I just loved her so much. But she's very... Um, uh, just how do I say this? She she has a certain way she likes to do things, and sure. and sure. yeah, and so sometimes that led for some comedy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got it. I got, mm -hmm. it. I got it. Yeah. So yeah. so do you um write? Do you pull from personal experiences then? Uh, kind of. I mean, that one, I, that one much so because a lot of it takes place in a bakery where I actually did work, where I did actually lose my job due to the earthquake. But like my mother does not have Alzheimer's. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, me too. I just saw her recently and she's doing great. Uh, I, but I know lots of people that do. I mean, I have many friends, so I've talked to them and, and Dixie, my wife's, um, father had Alzheimer's so I've heard a lot about it mm -hmm. so yeah I, I pull from other people's lives too I have to admit I, I hear things and I go ooh, put that in so yeah yeah it's all it's all my I I feel like I'm every character that I write 
you know that I am that character while I'm writing them, but but obviously I'm not really because you know I'm not. But I feel like I am. I'm inside of them when I'm writing them. So in that way, yes. So how would you, like, I wouldn't say, I mean, you are a novelist, but how would you, if someone says, what do you do? What, what would you tell them? Like, how do I write? No. What, what do you do? Like, like, um, if someone said to me, what do you do? Um, professionally, I would say, oh, well, I'm I'm a therapist. Um, Oh, I see. I see. Oh, well, I tell people I'm a writer and I, I tell people that I, I have an improv school pretty much. That's what I tell people. Okay. Okay. And usually you get kind of a blank look at that. And people go, okay, so what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what to do with that, huh? I know. I mean, sometimes people have more to say. The improv school thing just throws them completely. The writer less. So they the next question they always ask is, oh, well, what do you write? And I say fiction. And, and sometimes I'll say lesfic. Sometimes I won't because I don't really, although I'm published as a lesfic author, I feel like my books are, I'm under the general category. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the time when people hear lesfic, they think romance right away. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm writing. You know, they, there will be romance in them sometimes, but they're not classic romances. So, um, so that gets a little tricky for me because uh, I've, ne- I've never been very good about branding myself, which is, you know, the whole thing you're supposed to do as an author. And that has not been my greatest skill because I just want to write what I want to write. I'm just very stubborn. So, well, you know. you've done very well without branding. So, you know, I guess. Yeah. So far, so good. That ain't and broke. It. Nope. It ain't broke. Just keep doing it. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So I didn't realize that you have won so many um, Goldies and, and other awards. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice, fe- you know, writing is the, the difference between it and improv is writing. You're doing it so much by yourself that those awards really make you feel like you, you ha- it's not just this weird little thing you've done all by yourself. And, you know, you get this award and it's it's nice. It's like getting applause at the end of a show. You know, yeah. you're like, yay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never thought of it that way, but you're right. You're, you're, with improv, you're interacting with other people, and um, you know, even in in your school, right? You and Dixie yeah. did it together, um, or yeah. do it together, and and include other people. But uh, writing uh, novels is such a solitary thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. I never thought about that, and and you seem like very much an extrovert. Are you? No, no, really? no, I know you would think that, huh? Yeah. And, 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 uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert that kind of has put up, has masqueraded as an extrovert. I think my, my love of theater was all me trying that, that thing from spanking new trying to, you know, coming onto this planet and trying to figure out how to fit in somehow theater helped me learn some skills and stuff. Um, and and has been great. And I think a lot of people would probably consider me an extrovert, but actually, <laughs> I'm very I'm, I'm very private. And a lot I have like this public persona people know, and then I have a very private persona too. So, so maybe you, a little. So after yeah. like some time um, in in the improv world, do you need time alone to kind of regroup and? Oh, yes. Oh hell yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's going to the cave for a while. Yeah. 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 I'm really tired. You know, after a show, it's like, and everybody's coming up and talking to you. I'm like very nice. And, and then I'm like, 
just get me home. (laughs) (laughs) And I get really embarrassed if people are gushing at me. I'm like, Oh God, I can't stand this. I just want to hide in a hole. But of course you don't do that. You, you say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then you come and hide in your hole. (laughs) You know, it's, it's funny that many, many authors that I've spoken to are introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, yet you're kind of forced out into the world, forced to like share this very personal thing with the world, right? Oh, Which is not yeah. something an introvert does. No, it's true. And I think that, I mean, coming back to why I started writing, I think, and this is like, has been the biggest backfire ever. I thought it was going to allow me to have a much more uh, it, you know, a life where I wasn't going to have to market myself anymore. Uh-huh. And ha, 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 you know, as an author, that's like, you need to market yourself. And I was like, what? No, no more. But, but you know, it's part of it. So Yeah, yeah you got to put yourself out there, you know. Um, I didn't see that coming. I was, I blindly went into it that way. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And I love hearing from readers. So it's worth it to put myself out for that alone. That's awesome. Is when I, when I get an email from a reader, it just makes my whole day. So, yeah. So, are you working on anything right now? I am. I am. And uh, I usually don't just say a whole lot about things I'm working on. But I am. This one has, it's more of a mystery. And it has some, uh, ma- like, witches involved in it. And it's super fun. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, this one's really fun. It takes place in Santa Cruz, too. It's more like, I, when I say witches, I'm not talking Harry Potter so much as more like the whole Dianic Wicca thing. So, okay. yeah, it's super fun. And yeah. So it still has that uh, fun spin on it, or is it? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't. Anything I write will probably have some of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a mother-daughter are the two main characters in it. And the nine-year-old daughter is, <laughs> it, she's not identified in the book as a lesbian, but I know that she is one. And she's just a little spitfire. I just love her. And a lot of the humor comes through her. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> when, when can we expect that one? I don't know. It takes me a while. I'm, I'm slow. Um, I'm on the second rewrite right now. So I usually go through like three times a book. That's my thing so i'm about done the second rewrite so the third will go pretty quick i think we'll see okay, okay. no published date yet though okay well, i don't I, so many authors write with a, a contract you know and i i've done that once and it just i found it excruciating i was so afraid i wouldn't be able to make my date and all that that i thought it just kind of took the fun out of it for me so yeah i can see where that would i can see it would it you know uh, might propel you to really, you know, utilize some self-discipline and, and, and get going and get it done. Um, but I can also see where it would really be a deterrent in that it would be like, you know, hanging over your head. And uh, yeah, and for me, I found that I just didn't jump down all the rabbit holes, you know, I was kind of like, I better not even look there because that'll be another two months if I do that, you know. Yeah. So. I, I like to be able to really explore and see where the where the book is, your, however long it takes. Yeah, your improv style, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Clifford, who are some of your favorite authors? Well, that's a really interesting question for me because um, early on, I mean, I am a 
crazy reader. I read all the time. And early on, so many of my uh, favorite people that I would say that affected me the most were playwrights like Marcia Norman, um, who I love, who wrote Night Mother. And um, even though David Mamet is a total uh, sexist, I, his dialogue, his early dialogue, especially like on things like Duck Variations, I just loved the conciseness of his dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Authors now, like right now I'm reading Ann Patchett, The Dutch House, which I'm loving, uh, although I really did just start it. Sarah Waters, of course, who doesn't love Sarah Waters. Uh, in, in the lesbic realm, I was a k- big Kate Culpepper fan. I was very sad that she passed away. Yeah. Dean, Dean Redman, love her. Do you know, I tend to do less of the romances and more of the um, kind of uh, mysteries yeah. or just stories. Crime novels. I, yeah, exact crime novels. I love uh, one of my favorite crime novelists is Nevada Bar, okay. Uh, okay. Um, because she's her early Nevada Bar. I would say because they all take place in different state parks, and I was like, I love learning or national parks. So I love that. Um, yeah, I, God, I have a million authors. I like. I'm. I, I just finished recently reading Tommy Orange's There There about the um, Native Americans in Oakland. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Great book, Louise Erdrich. Love her. So I, I, oh man, don't. Yeah. Do you think you read a book a week or so? Or no, I don't. I read. I would say maybe two books a month is really what I do. And then I read the paper, and I read the New Yorker, and I read other stuff too. My novels are what I read at night, and so sometimes I go to sleep because I. (laughs) So it takes me a little longer, but I would say maybe a couple a month. Yeah, it's awesome. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so what would you say is your passion in life then? Gosh, um, I would say my passion in life is living a create. Well, my first passion is my wife, Dixie. She's like, she, I just, yeah, she's, she's my son that I revolve around. I just love her so much. So oh, she's so awesome. It's true. I she's been a great blessing to me in my life. Nice. Uh, so that, and then I would say, living a creative life, living each day, and and feeling like I have the freedom to make choices, and and it's that imaginary world. It's like, yeah, just staying open and asking questions and and learning. I would say those are probably and nature gardening nature i'm i love getting out we last year we took a three-month road trip across the united states and in our in our 91 van and it was fantastic we were like outside for three months and it was just fantastic so yeah that's so hippie-ish i know and we and (laughs) we did it i know it was crazy cool i know and our little van held up it was fantastic and we didn't have a plan beforehand, except that we had a friend in Maine, and we were determined to make it that far. So we went all the way across the United States, put our feet in the Atlantic, and came all the way back. And it was great. That's so, it. Wow. How, so how many states do you think you've been in? At some point, I knew this, but I don't know. I would say, you know, maybe we hit 20 states or something like that, maybe more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We hit a lot of them. Yeah. Some, some were drive throughs more due to weather and mm-hmm. timing and finding out something was going on that we wanted to go see. It was great. 
In fact, it had to have been more than 20. So I, I can't answer that question. That's that's the answer to that question. Okay. I don't, a yeah. lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it was really fun. And I, it was re- and I think we'll do it again. That's the plan. Really? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. And we might not do all the way across the country, but another three-month trip. Yeah. That is awesome. That really <laughs> is. Yeah, it isn't enough time to see everything, that's no. for sure. You oh, come back, you go, my God, this country is amazing. I know. I know. There's so much to see and just not enough time. That's the truth. That is the truth of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Clifford, what's on your agenda for 2020? What What's coming out? What are you, what are you doing? Well, uh, we were going to take another three-month trip this year, but we decided we live in an old house built in 1928, and we've decided we've really got to spend. We do much of the house stuff ourselves, construction stuff. That's Dixie's ability. I'm her little helper, and we've decided this year we're going to get our house up back. Little things that we did when we first moved in need to be done again. I'll keep writing. Fun Institute will keep going on. We've we just set our whole schedule for this year for the Fun Institute, and we've got really excellent teachers we're bringing in. And so, you know, just living this. And we've got a couple trips planned, so I think we're going to try to hit just do a Utah loop this time, and that'll be fun. And, yeah, so it looks like a great year ahead. That's what I say. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, yes. So, so can right. listeners expect to see you at like maybe Golden Crown this summer? I really want to go to Golden Crown this year. Yeah, that's my plan. In fact, I was just talking with Carson about that. And I think I'm, and it's going to be in Albuquerque this year. And I'm like, oh, that would be a good place for me to go. I like Albuquerque. So I think I'm going to really try and hit Golden Crown this year. Yeah. Awesome. That's, Great. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to hear yeah. that. Yeah. Are you going to be at Golden Crown? Uh, I'm still deciding. I actually just told my wife that's going to be in Albuquerque, and she's like, hey, I might like to go to that. <laughs> hey, go. Let's meet there, Anita. That'd be good. I know. It really would be. That would be yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, okay. Well, I'll let you know if we if we decide to go. Okay. Vice versa. All okay. Right. But I'm really thinking really positively about it. So, yeah. 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 Yep. That sounds good. <laughs> All right. So are there any parting words you'd like to leave with our listeners? Mm, well, my biggest parting word is thank you for doing this. That's a big parting word that people like you that help authors put their words out there in this way are like the hugest blessing ever because it's fantastic. So thank you. That, I think that's my biggest word. And also just have fun in, in your life because you only get one. There you go. <laughs> It's yeah. so true. Yeah. No truer what? words that were said. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, uh, I think you're, you can be like a, a role model to others because it sounds like you really, um, you have a lot of fun in life. You enjoy life. It sounds like. I do. I feel, yeah, I'm blessed in that way. That's awesome. Yeah. That really is. That's awesome. So thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it is my pleasure. And thank you so much, too. Yeah, that's, yes. uh, that's all the time we have for today. All righty. And, and thanks for joining Liz Talk About Books, baby. And yep. until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty. And thanks again, Clifford. Thank you. <laughs>